Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. So how we met. Lene and I were both at uh, an LGBT financial services conference back in 2013, April 2013. And I was there to purely work for me purely a work obligation so I was there with work colleagues and there was this panel for uh, LGBT like emerging leaders and you see this tall slim fabulous chocolate human being with long flowing hair on a panel of people that don't look anything like her because in Wall financial Street. services Wall and Wall Street. Street one it's rare to see people of color or black people and and two it's it's rare to see a person of color who is also LGBT working in sort of a client facing role. So you see her on this panel, it's like, oh, okay. But again, I'm not thinking anything of it. I'm just, this is work. This is work for me. So she was great on the panel, killed it. Let me be clear. She murdered everybody on the panel. <laughs> like it was like, not even fair. She's brilliant and funny and gorgeous. It was all these things, which is unfair. Packaging, which is unfair. Um, so she, she kills the panel. Fast forward to the end of the conference, you know, they have these like networking receptions. And I was there with a colleague who was actually a mutual friend. And he and I worked together and he knew her through just the LGBT Wall Street world. And he said, oh, I just want you to meet Linnea. And I was like, that's great, but we've been at this conference all day. And he and I had tickets to see the Brooklyn Nets play because the stadium had just opened. He had client tickets, we were gonna go to Barclays. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. We've been here all day, I'm ready to go. <laughs> no, I just want you to meet Linnea. Okay, so we go, she's lovely. It's again, end of the conference. She's just gotten off this panel. People have crowded her. Oh, you were so great, you're so great. And I'm like, yeah, you were so great. It's lovely to meet you. And so he says, our friend Sunilis, he says, you know, I'll just, I'll put together dinner with the three of us. We'll, we'll make it happen. I'm like, yeah, totally. So we go fast forward a month. Yeah. We, we do organize this dinner after figuring out our schedules and whatnot. And, and no, it's funny because, so we, it, it took about a month it to have this dinner, to schedule this dinner. And at the conference, again, I obviously hadn't fully taken in her image as well. You meet people like this all the time, right? You're out, you're networking, you're, like you're building. Yeah, you're right. Um, and, uh, and, and obviously we had the introduction, but I come into the restaurant, or it was after a long day. Yeah. Uh, our buddy Cornelius hadn't arrived yet. Sit at the bar, and I look to my left, and obviously there's there's a, a beautiful woman sitting there. I was like, is that the same woman from the the conference? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, she's cute. <laughs> so we ended up closing down the restaurant that night. Um, you know, several bottles of wine and um, laughing a little kiki. And Cornelius, uh, he lived in Hell's Kitchen. And so he knew that we both lived in Brooklyn, so he put us in a cab to Brooklyn. And he said, all right, kittens, uh, you know, I'm putting you guys in a cab to Brooklyn. And so we ride, and I'm busting her chops the entire time because I spent most all of my free time in Brooklyn. Love and I Brooklyn. Didn't, I didn't And she had friends who were in Battery Park, Harlem, and so she didn't know, you know, restaurants or some of the really great, uh, you know, cultural things happening in the borough. And so uh, we have a great time headed down, you know, headed down to, um, to Brooklyn. He arrives at her home, the taxi driver. She gets out. 
I grab my work bag and I also get out. She looks at me like, <laughs> literally the face is this. We get out because she's taller than me. I'm like this. <laughs> where, 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 where you Did I give you an inclination? Wow, where she gives me the look. You, she gives me that look like, I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know you. And so I calmly <laughs> turn to her and say, well, actually, I live a block from here. So I, you know, take my bag and walk down the street. Right. <laughs> very matter of fact, she's kind of like, oh, no, like basically settle down. I live so, right, right over there. So like, come to find out, down. for four years, we lived between the same avenues one block away. She could see my yeah. condo from her bedroom window. Yeah. And we never yeah. met. Never met. And uh, it's never because met. she walked one direction down a street to the subway, and I walked the, to the other avenue down the street to the opposite subway. So yeah. our coffee shops, our dry cleaner were, <laughs> you know, um, but we lived that close to one another. Yeah. So it made it easy for us to start hanging out, which was nice. Which was nice. Which was <laughs> nice. But here's the part that we, we left out. So we, we were getting to get to know each other a little bit at dinner. You know, we, we hear a little bit about like our history, our past stories, and you know, Lene had been in a very long-term relationship and, and that was was coming to, to an end. And and so when we met and realized that, okay, clearly there that cab ride home, it was very obvious like there's clearly an attraction here. Uh, what are we gonna do about that? Because I know that you're still like figuring the situation out. So um when we when we did start dating, it was you know, she was very respectful and she made it very clear. I said, well just Get your house in order is what I say. Get your house in order, and then we can we can see what this is, and and then you do. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. It was one of those things too where um, I appreciate Janessa for um, initiating, perhaps kind of pursuing me on the front end. <laughs> so it was maybe a month after that dinner. Yeah, it was about one it month. Was a month. Yeah, exactly. She sends me a text message saying, "Oh, you'd be so proud of me. I spent an entire day in Brooklyn today." And so I just, you know, I'd been out. I look at my phone. I look at the time. It's 12.01. Late. late. I was like, that's booty call hour. <laughs> <laughs> it was late. It was late. So instead of replying to her, you know, her uh, her text with, the, oh, that's nice, a good job, I just said, do you want to have a nightcap? There was like no lead in. There was no like, oh, that's fun. What did you do in Brooklyn? Because I was so proud. I was like, yeah, I did all day in Brooklyn. Yeah. I think we're going to have a little banter. Yeah. She was like, oh, no, no. Want to have a drink? Like, right now? <laughs> and I was like, oh. Okay. Okay. Guess that's happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, so we did. And I like, and I was literally in the midst of like, kick, it was summer. It was hot. I was kicking off my like, some my sundress, my flip flops, and she sends that. I was literally gonna get in the shower because I'm thinking, oh, we're just gonna like have cute banter and it's gonna be flirty and cute. I didn't realize it was gonna get right to the point of no, 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 right now. Let's have a drink right now. So I like put everything back on. I'm like okay, and I go meet her for a nightcap. We went to Catfish, mm -hmm. right in the neighborhood, around the corner, yes. you know, Catfish. Mm -hmm. um, and we did. We we hung out there for like maybe like an hour and a half. Yeah, which was fun. So which is funny is because she didn't know where it was. I didn't. And she says, I so because <laughs> she doesn't spend any time in Brooklyn. Like, so what? she asked, well, you know, where is Catfish? I said it's about 100 paces from your home. Literally, she said. I was like. <laughs> Okay, Jock. I hear you. Right. So she shows up at, at Catfish in a ball gown, essentially. You know, it's this long, you know. <laughs> you know, time so with the story. It was not a ball gown. <laughs> we girls, we like sundresses. It was of just course. a flowy dress. And she's like, oh, so the minute I walk in, it's oh, oh, so you just you just walk around wearing ball gowns all day? <laughs> like that's just what you do? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, Here it goes. It was <laughs> Nice. Yeah, because I, you know, I was in my leather jacket and skinnies, and she comes in in this, you know. It was June. Okay. Why are you in a leather jacket? Well, what? Can we oh, talk no. about that? Oh, well, you know. I'm so like, she makes everything look cool. That's the problem. So I had on my sundress. Call it a ball gown if you want. It was a sundress. Yes. God. Anyway, so that is a that is essentially how we started 
hanging out. We always tell the story that we started hanging out and then we just never stopped. So when we first started hanging out at Catfish after she like gave me all this crap, that was, May. That was still, it was about like June 2013. Okay. And uh, cat, we don't count Catfish as our first date. Yeah, because we met so. in April. We did meet in April. Yeah. And Catfish was just, I guess, a meetup. You know, when someone texts you at a certain hour. Midnight meeting. You know, it's the right time, right thing to do. I think our first date was not a date. month later. It was July. July 21st, 2013. No, no, no. July 21st is our first date. That was the first official date. Yes. We'd, we'd hung out many times before then. Correct. So we, but we, I think the first time I consider a, a date, not official, I mean, I guess not official, um, my wife considers first date, but the... What is it? July 6th. Oh, the Jimmy. Yes. Yeah. So it was 4th of July weekend. Yeah. And again, this is after um, a month after uh, we'd met up, uh, you know, near our house at Catfish. She sent, me a, she sent me another text. We were in a group text and then she sent me a text outside of that. There was something about Sierra on an award show. Did you see Sierra? Oh, yeah. Such and such on an award, award show. Like the MTV Her award body or was insane or whatever. Like, yeah, Sierra, yeah. And again, I didn't reply to that text. I just say, hey, what are you doing on Sunday? She says, she doesn't nothing. report. She's like not engaged in my foolery at all. I'm like, very direct. You know, I'm trying to make it at happen. All. You know, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm trying to make it happen. So this is what July 6, 2013. Yep. And she says, oh, nothing. I said, would you like to come to a day party with me? So that's Sunday. Um, yeah. I pick her up. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I, one of my buddies was DJing. A couple of my kind of PR friends were hosting an event at the Jimmy. And so she came out with a friend of mine and we, you know, we did the day party. Yep. Um, we did dinner um, with my, my good friend and drinks. Took my friend home. Janessa was like, I was like, oh, do you, are you ready to go home? She says no. So then uh, we went for a little two-step. Yep. She and I both love dancing. Uh, so we danced until, gosh, maybe, I don't know, 3, 4 a.m. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So we, you know, we we spent 12 hours together that first, ridiculous. that first day. <laughs> <laughs> we spent 12 hours together that first day. And uh, interestingly enough, is that, that where I left my credit card? Yes, we lost our credit yeah. card. And so... Which is a normal occurrence now. Right. Fast forward a couple of years, I now realize, well, oh, that just happens. Yeah. You just lose your credit card. Well, you know, sometimes happens. you just leave it at the bar and you yeah. just get a new one. So... No. Um, we spent 12 hours together. It was beautiful. The next day, I was actually volunteering. I spent a lot of time on committees, nonprofits, um, for the Catalyst Network here in Brooklyn. And we were pulling together um, some packets for the summer program we do for black and brown youth here in, uh, here in Brooklyn. And again, she reached out. She came to volunteer with me. So she spent, you know, the next day, three, four hours after we'd spent 12 hours together, stuffing packets yeah. for youth in Brooklyn. And I was like, okay. Not only did she, you know, spend a day just, you know, eating and drinking with me, but she actually cares about about the community and the things that matter to me, which which was uh, which was cute. So I consider that to be our first date because okay. we spent almost twenty four hours together. But the yeah. first official date was July twenty first. Yes. But I will say about that the piece about helping out with the kids, which, I, which you both have realized that's passion for both of us. Mm-hmm. I was not dressed appropriately for that um, event, so I'm thinking, oh, I'm gonna be cute. It's the summer. It's the summertime. I'm going to be so cute with my little dress. Another ball gown. It was was a short ball gown, I guess. It was not a ball gown. (laughs) Uh, But it's it's the summertime in Brooklyn. So I have like a really cute little dress. 
And then it's like, oh, we're gonna go volunteer. Sure. I don't think I have to change, not realizing I'm literally gonna be sitting on the floor, like cross-legged, trying to like put together packets and rending over to get things. And I was like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think this one through. Um, but it was still fun. We still had a really good time and, and it was for a good cause, which we're always about, so. But I was not dressed appropriately mm -hmm. for the children. No, <laughs> no. But the first date, what I consider the first date, was July 21st, 2013. And that date is important because fast forward four years, we got married on July 21st, 2017, on purpose, because uh, <laughs> the date is very important. I, me and numbers and dates, it's, it's very important yes. to me. So we, um, the first, it was, I remember it was the US Open, so you had gone to like clients to see something or another. But the date that night, we went to uh, dinner at Lido in Harlem, mm -hmm. uh, that a friend of ours had given us a recommendation for, my friends who lived in Harlem. Uh, because we were going after that, we had tickets to the Justin Timberlake Jay Z concert at Yankee Stadium, and one of my clients had given me sick seats. So I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be flossing. I'm gonna so come in here and be so impressive, and I'm gonna be like, oh, let's walk down to the floor because that's where we're sitting." <laughs> so that's what I did in exactly that way. So we did walk down to the floor. We had amazing, amazing seats. We had a really amazing time at the concert. Just and I realized at that point, okay, this is someone I can hang out with because that if we can't hang out and just pretend like there's no one else there, this isn't gonna work. Music is too important to me, dancing is too important to me, being able to like just let loose and have a good time, way too important to me. Um, so we did it. We just danced and jammed and rapped lyrics and all this the whole night. And then we leave the concert and we decide, because again, we just had this knack for marathon dates. So we decided, all right, well, why go home when we can just keep the party going? So we went to Sofrito. And it was like uh, East Side, and we just like because we, we love salsa, we realized we both love salsa dancing, so we went to Sofrito and just danced the night away there. Mm -hmm. And then when we thought we were done, why not keep it going some more? So then we went back to um, went back to Brooklyn and we danced somewhere. Went to the reggae spot and we Bembe. danced. Yeah. We went to Bembe. No, it wasn't Bembe. It was um, Voodoo. Oh, it was Voodoo. We went to Voodoo that night again. Okay. Um, okay. And we just and we just danced some more and literally just forgot everyone else was around. We just had a blast. Had a blast for hours and hours and hours, and then finally went to our our respective homes, which at the time, again, not that far apart. <laughs> Might as well have been the same house. Yeah, not that far apart. Um, and that and that was that. And we, I think, for me, that night, it's a little felt like, okay, this is a thing. Like this yeah. is honestly someone who. I mean, of course, at dinner we're having you can talk anything about politics and what's going on in the world and work and all of that good stuff. But then right after that, we jump right into. Jay Z and JT mode, and you know, having a great time. Then salsa mode, then reggae mode, and when you find the person that you can do that with, for me, that's I was sold. That was it. And we, and we still do that at home today. And we still do that. I mean, literally, we dance throughout this living room in this house um, right before you got here. We dance and <laughs> sing, and <laughs> it's such an important part of of, it's of true. the way we connect. You know, if you can't have fun with your partner, you know, your spouse, then then, uh, you know, who can you have fun with? So yeah. we travel, she's the center, center of the universe, you know, literally we can be the oh. only ones in the room. And so I, that night was, I think one of many nights when I would leave her block, leave her, her brownstone, um, you know, walking around the corner to, to my, my, my condo, just got harder and harder, right? Each time uh, we'd go out mm -hmm. and I can recall, you know, uh, the point I knew this was something different was when I, you know, there was a moment I left her. She was in the middle of the avenue. I got to the corner of, uh, of her block and there was like a pit, you know, in the center of my stomach. And I can recall just being like, just make it to the corner, just make it to the corner, right? <laughs> just in case she was still at the, she was still in the stoop. 
because I, I can barely breathe, you know, um, at the thought of, you know, leaving her. And uh, yeah, no, it was, it was it was all very respectful, respectful in the front end, you know. I drop her off, you know, very true. Uh, say our goodbyes. Yeah. And um, but I knew when it got more and more difficult to walk down the street <laughs> as, a, as an, a grown adult person. Yes. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. uh, you know, she was having more than, an, you know, uh, more than just the basic impression one would leave on you. So she's taking my breath, breath away, I guess, is a cliche, but kind of happened that way. In terms of who said I love you first, I do believe it was me. Um, we had our first trip together was September of that same year that we met, 2013. And funny enough, this trip came about almost as a joke from that dinner we had uh, after the conference with me, her, and our friend Cenelius, where we shut down the restaurant, you know, after like four bottles of wine, you just start planning trips. And you're like, you know what we should do? You know what would be hilarious if we did this somewhere else? And we're like, yeah, let's do that. Yes. So we did. We're like, oh, it'd be so great. Linnea's from LA. Janessa, your birthday's coming up in September. Let's all just like plan a trip to like yeah. LA and Palm Springs. Let's do that. I'm like, yeah, that sounds amazing. Fast forward, that is exactly what happens. So September comes, the weekend of my birthday, uh, Linnea, myself, and our friend, Cynthia, uh, who introduced us, we go out to LA and Palm Springs for, for the weekend. And while in Palm Springs, Cynthia, of course, gets us like a beautiful home and just three of us just sort of hanging out. And I remember, I think we were in bed, either waking up or going to sleep. And she had to leave before I did. She had uh, a board meeting somewhere, so she had to actually leave the next day. And I was just like really, really sad. Like we've been spending all this time together since we really, since you know, that July 21st date to now September, that's been a number of months of us just being together and spending all this time and really discovering each other and realizing there is clearly love there. And I just said it. I just, I was just like, I just want you to go, you know, cause I, cause I love you. And then I kind of went, oh God. <laughs> did I just, did I just, yep. Okay. So it's there. So let's, you know, that awkward moment where he just lingers for a minute. You're like, are you? Is it gonna? Is it gonna come back? Oh god, this could be really bad. And then, but then you didn't say it back. You didn't I did say it back. I did. So I was like, okay, because this could have been really awkward for me. But I did. I just I knew I was gonna miss her because I knew we had this great, this like amazing weekend. My birthday. They made my birthday so special for me. And and then she had to leave early, so I just wasn't ready for that to end. And so I just realized, you know, it just came over me. I was like, I, but I love you. And it came out, and thank God she replied with the same. Or that would have been really bad. Um, but it was definitely me first. Which is rare for me. I'm not a big fan. I'm like a Virgo. I'm very like together, keep my stuff to myself. Yeah. But I, I it just, I was overwhelmed by the emotion. I just said it. I don't regret it. Don't regret it. <laughs> I mean, again, she, she said it first, but I've been thinking it for a long time, right? So we, we met in April, maybe first real date in July. Yep. Uh, and now it was September. And, um, I don't know, she just, it was just different, you know, from the beginning. And uh, even before I thought I should be feeling love, I was feeling love. So yes, she was the first one to utter the words, um, but you know, who knows how, how early it had been since I'd been thinking like, wow, I love this woman, you know? She's, <laughs> she's magical to me. So uh, yeah, I know. It was Palm Springs, you know. Veggies. Veggies. <laughs> It was a good time. It was a good time. It was a great time. Yeah. A point to note that I think is worth noting, um, especially as it relates to the I love you and us dating and all of that. So for the majority of my life, 
I've dated guys during my life. So that's that's sort of that's what I knew. That you know, your little girl, you grow up, you think about you get married. I'm going to marry this guy. He's going to do this job, and that's going to be life. And that is what I sort of been wired to believe and and to expect. Was there uh, maybe a junior high, high school time frame where I realized, okay, well, no, there's clearly an, an attraction to other than guys for me. Uh, yes, but I still always thought this was going to be the plan. So fast forward a number of years, um, I meet. Linnea Irvin, and that's why when we first met, it wasn't like this. Oh my God, yes, I can't wait to like this is who I'm gonna marry. It was more like, oh great, another woman of color in this industry doing her thing. That's that's phenomenal. And Sunui has clearly had other plans for us, so and, and that has since worked out for him. But for me, in the back of my head, it was always like, no, this is fun. But I'm, I the plan is meet the guy, marry the guy. He's gonna have the job. We're gonna live the life. Like that was that was always the plan, and that is very much not the plan. And you know how people talk about plans and, and how that works and how that clearly always works that well for everyone. Uh, that that was not the case, and I was not. I don't think I was prepared for the effect that Lene had on me. Again, I went into it just, oh yeah, this is this is cool. Like it's a, she lives nearby, like that's great. But the cab ride for me was very evident that some that cab ride after the dinner, it was very evident that something else was going on there. Something else was at play there and I couldn't ignore it. It, it just, that would have just been stupid. I couldn't ignore it. Um, but again, back in my head, I'm still thinking the plan is supposed to be what I've been told the plan is supposed to be. So I think I grappled with that for a little bit. Just like, well, what, what is this like really a thing? Like, can I really do this? I had been engaged before, many, many years before. Um, did not work out, obviously, because <laughs> that's, you know, it's a whole other thing. Um, but. When we started to spend so much time together and I got to learn about her, her head and her heart and where her mind was around things and I realized, okay, no, no, this is definitely what's supposed to happen. Um, I don't know if I thought marriage immediately. I think it, it took us like a couple years to really get to that, obviously, to get to that stage. So in the beginning, it wasn't like, you know, some people mean like, I just knew, I knew this was my, my husband or my wife or my forever. I, I can't say that. I don't even know if you can say that. I think we both just went into it just like, this is, a dope person and and we just really enjoy each other but for me there was a lot of the back and forth like well is is this really what it's supposed to be because that's not what i've taught that's not what i had expected my entire life but you changed all that all of that within god knows how much time but it was completely changed for me i don't think marriage was an initial thought not for me i mean for the longest time yeah um you know as a queer person in this country i I mean, marriage wasn't something that I thought that I'd be able to do, at least not at the federal level. And, uh, you know, and the construct is not something that I'm wholly familiar with. There aren't that many people, um, uh, you know, my family growing up who were, you know, married. I didn't go to many weddings until later, you know, later in life, young adulthood. And so, yeah, the thought was I loved this individual. I'd come out of something that was fairly long term. I hadn't planned on getting in a relationship at all. Like the thought was, I'm just gonna oh, save yeah. a boatload of money, hang out with a bunch of girls, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, that was <laughs> uh, her plan. and just be single. That was the plan, you know. Um, and you know, she comes along, and I realize this is something that I want to last for a very long time. And I hadn't thought about marriage. Um, I hadn't thought about a wedding, which she clearly had as, <laughs> as someone who'd <laughs> who'd. Uh, who'd dreamed of, you know, kind of marrying the man and having the wedding and, uh, you know, kind of the, whatever the queen's version of white picket fences. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I realized that's something that she would eventually want to do, right? 
And so it was, it was a few years, I think. It was at least, it was around the three year mark yeah. before That's fair, yeah. I started thinking about, um, you know, kind of solidifying what we have in a, in a marriage. Now, growing up, I always had, I think I had really good images of, of family yes. and what it means. Definitely. Um, you know, we're both raised by single mothers. Yep. And so perhaps we didn't grow, grow up in a home where homes where marriage was being modeled. But I definitely um, have seen my, many models of love. So know what it means to love someone, you know, to give and, and receive that love. Um, and so, you know, I think that, you know, when I realized I wanted to, to marry Janessa, you know, I just thought about the relationships that I did see. Um, you know, my brother and his wife had been together a yeah. meaningful amount of time. Yeah. Um, you know, I had other family members who, you know, may be single parents or, you know, um, unwed, but I knew the way that they loved their family. Um, you know, the give and take, the up and down. And so, no, I didn't, I didn't have many kind of examples of, of marriages that I saw uh, at a young age that worked. But I definitely had a network of people here and people who are part of my community, you know, in, in New York, individuals who've been partnered or kind of maybe married in New England, you know, 10, 15 years. And they talked about things that worked, things that didn't. And uh, those are things that we keep in the back of our mind. I'll never forget Simulius's mother, a lovely woman. She came out, she comes out every few months and uh, to visit him. And we, you know, we're at Sunilis's having dinner. Yeah. And she sits us down and she says to us, always remember this, this one thing. And to this day, it is, mm -hmm. is something we live by. She said, just be good to one another. Yeah. It was the most direct, simple, simple advice that you could actually hold on to at any moment. You know, the moments of exhaustion yeah. or fatigue or just those moments of love and connection where you just need to build one another up, yep. right? Hard yep. day at work, rough thing happening in your family um, life. or And so, uh, yeah, that's what I try to do. Haven't read any ma marriage books, but uh, no. every day I look at her, every morning I see her, kiss her, hello and goodbye, and the goal is to be good to her, so. Yeah, and I, I think with Sunelis' mom, that, always, that almost meant a a little bit more coming from her because yeah. from a black mother from Arkansas mm -hmm. with a black gay son mm. from Arkansas, that, <laughs> that could not have been an easy road. And yeah. we know Sunilisa, we know it was not an easy road for him and for her as his mother. And so for her to have gotten to this stage, and clearly he's, you know, he's, he's a number of years older than we are, but for her to have gotten to the stage where she can see two black women mm -hmm. and just see love and look at us and just say, just be good to each other. And that, that it was just very motherly. It was very, yes. I just, two people who are very close to both of our moms, but it was just, it was just simple and loving and, and, and just very, very motherly. And I, and we do try to live by that as corny as that sounds, but we, you know, in our house, you know, love, love is, it, it's an, it's an action, not an emotion, right? right. So like every day yeah. we have to wake up yeah. and every day yes. we have to recommit like, Okay, no, we're still doing this. Mm -hmm. Even if we had an argument the night before, you've been getting on my nerves, you've been traveling a lot, and this, that, the other thing. Every day, it is on us mm -hmm. to get up and look at the other person and say, no, I'm still here. Mm -hmm. My job is to take care of her. Her job is to take care of me. If right. we're both doing our job, right. we're good. If we're not, and that's uneven, yeah. we're not. Yeah. So that that is sort of how we, we look at it. And let's be clear, it's not easy by any stretch. I don't care if you've been together 
a year? If you've been together 20 years, 30? None of that stuff's easy, but the recommitting every day, you have to do it. If you're in it, you have to do it. If you're not, then you're not. I actually think it's kind of easy. Do yeah. you? Yeah, with you. No, you make me crazy. It's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> it is, you know? <laughs> one team, one dream. One, that is yes. your favorite line, one team, one dream. Yeah. But it, I mean, but honestly, it's, it's, some days are harder than others, and you're going to deal with real stuff in relationships. Yeah. And some, you know, not, not that one is, is more important than the other, but whatever is real to you, right. whatever right. is considered like a, a, the big deal, mm -hmm. you have to deal with it. And if you're not on the same page as to how to deal with it and how to sort of navigate through, that's that's tough. So you yeah. do have to recommit every day. Like, no, we, we have to be on this same team. Right. We have to be. Linnea is not a talker. She is not, which is interesting because she is, when I see her communicate with other people, like how I met her on the panel, so articulate, so direct, so very clear. When it comes to this and matters of the heart and emotion, Linnea is not a communicator. She sort of just shuts down. Which, so a perfect example, when we first started dating and first lived together, a couple years after we started dating, obviously. Uh, so we moved in together and she would come home and both working in financial services, we both sort of understand what comes with that, right? What comes with working in that industry, being black on Wall Street, you understand what comes with, with that. But she would come home and just go to the guest room and shut the door. And I'm sort of sitting there like, hi, no, no, okay. And I'm thinking, well, how rude is that? Like. We just started living together, so it's this is my house too. How dare you walk home and, and just close the door and not acknowledge my existence at all? Like, I'm here, like, hi, babe, good afternoon, good evening, nothing. She did it a couple times, and we had to talk about it. And I was like, well, what, what is that? And there, it comes to find out there are like things going on, or she just needs to decompress. It's like, I just need 20 minutes or so when I come in, she just get the day off. I just need that. But she didn't communicate that to me, right? So I'm just thinking, well, that's rude as hell. You just come in the house here and close doors. You know, your mom would say, don't close doors in my house. Don't close doors in my house. Like, that's not how we do things. So that was one example, but then it would, it, it, it sort of would come up again. And it, it, it still does throughout the relationship where things would happen and it just shuts down. She just doesn't want to talk about things. And I, if nothing else, am a talker. Yeah. And I need to get things out. And I'm someone who, if I want to talk about it, I want to talk about it right now. Right, not now, but right now, because I said so. And that just doesn't work. That doesn't work. So uh, we had to learn how to deal with that. But that lack of communication is really hard for me because as everyone says, communication is sort of the biggest part of relationships and we constantly have to work on that. Yeah, I think, I think early on after living together uh, for a short while, she realized that, I mean, in some, in some cases she thought that certain actions or inactions were me communicating yeah. Something specific to her. Look, I I work in an industry where I don't see people that look like me. I don't see leaders that look like me. Um, and and that's just as a black female-bodied person. But and then add on the fact that I'm LGBT as well. Um, you know, kind of queer identified. I I go to the, the office and I drape on. You know, the, I call it my Condoleezza rice wear. She does. You know, my suits and the, the pearls and the silk blouses. And I mean, this, I hyper-feminize. Yeah. Like, I wear menswear outside of work, yeah. you know? And I In wear my skinnies and this and that. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think I, I do it well, but I mean, literally, I get up and like, even buttons. I put on buttons one way, women's shirt. They button on the opposite oh, side. Men's shirts, like it's like a it's a proactive 
I guess, again, covering every single day, I go into this office and I come home and I want to spend time with her. It was just my way of just taking a moment, yeah. literally shaking it off and transitioning into, you know, um, a complete <laughs> person um, again. So you have the, the day, the stress of the day and, you know, um, those moments of, you know, alienation and, and then, you know, even when you have a really great day, um, yeah. so I just need to take, take a minute. And that was my way of taking a minute. I'd always done it. And so we moved in together. She thought I was signaling something to her and it really wasn't. Yeah. It was just me taking the space so that I could be as present as possible with her uh, in, that, in that moment. So I think over time, we began to um, learn the way that, you know, sometimes I take, take a moment for myself. It's not communicating anything um, about her or our interactions. It's really just me, you know, kind of mm -hmm. uh, taking a moment. But yeah, we, we have different communication styles, uh, different love languages, I guess. Very you different know, so. love languages. <laughs> Very much so. Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, but that's probably my biggest is, is the communication or, or lack of sometimes on yeah. your part. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really tough for me. Yeah, really, really tough for me. The one thing that I love about Janessa, which is, you know, can also be a challenge. One thing I love about her is, you know, um, you know, we're both kind of anim animated and, and driven and, but she just has, you know, such focus and, and she is not good at hearing the word no <laughs> at all. She actually said that in her uh, vows. Uh, she said that and, in her vows. Um, but it's that. beautiful because that works in one's kind of career and you know relationships. But I think in the household that's a challenge because you know she wants everything and anything right now, you know, uh, no matter if it's within reason or not, you know. <laughs> it's like Hey, why can't we have an XYZ X? You know, like, well, we might we might need to save for that for maybe five years <laughs> before we can actually have you know that thing. Um, but the, the the and that's that's a challenge. And I think she she you know she pushes for the right now. The same thing with communication yeah. or anything else. And that that can be tough for me. But I don't think the the things that bother me about Janessa and our relationship right at home are any different than most, I guess, most couples, right? You know, she often expects not only me, but anyone to see things the way that she sees things, you know, looking through her lens, uh, you know, kind of, we don't arrive at answers the same way. And so, you know, you kind of, you have those moments where you, you kind of butt heads, but it's, it's more of just making sure it's like, no, I'm hearing you, you're hearing me, but we just, aren't arriving at this place, you know, uh, with the same point of reference or seeing through the same lens. So I think the one the one challenge I have with her is she expects everyone to think about things the way she sees them, do things the way that she does them. You know, we're left brain, right brain, right? right. I'm a lefty, right. you know, right. you think with a different side of your brain. And uh, and so while I might, you know, we were building blocks here, I'd probably build something completely different with those same set of blocks. And it's hard for her. <laughs> <laughs> to watch someone build those, build that structure in a way that's different than the way that she would build it. I just want to take um, the blocks. Don't do it that way. Just build them this way. <laughs> it's very true. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I have so much fun with her. There aren't many, many things that I can think about that um, at least bother me on a day-to-day -day, uh, in the relationship. But I th what I think is interesting, though, is that there is a compliment, I think, for us. 
almost even more so than I've seen in any other relationship I've been in. And we try to do this whole, like, we have to, you know, have to allow each other to play to our strengths and that sort of thing. And that came out a lot during like our wedding planning process, which is good. But I think the fact that I am so animated and a little bit high strung, and I hear all my friends now saying, not a little bit, but I, I get it. So uh, I, I'm, I'm very, very determined. Don't understand all of those things. Lenise, she's very chill. She's real calm. She's real easy. It's very LA. It's all good. It's fine. I'm like, no, no, it's not. So what I think has, has actually proven to work out really well for us is she can calm me down. When there's a situation that may happen, if we're at a restaurant, whatever it is, I will follow her lead when she's like, baby, it's not that serious. It's, it's honestly not that serious. Tomorrow you're gonna wake up and you're actually gonna feel really stupid yeah. that you replied, that you sort of responded to this situation that way. So like, let me, it's, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Which took me a while to understand that she's right. It's not that serious. Everything doesn't have to be a fight for me. And for me though, I think on the flip side, because she is so calm, I have to remind her that some things are a fight. Sometimes you do have to yell at someone or be very direct with someone so that they understand you can't do that again. So I think that actually has been a really good compliment. She sort of taught me to bring it down a little. Everything doesn't have to be on 10. Right. And I sort of taught her that everything probably doesn't need to be on three. You probably sometimes need to be on 10 so people sort of understand who you are and what you stand for and what they can and can't get away with with you. So that's actually been an interesting dynamic yeah. to see play out over the last quarter. But I mean, not to imply that I'm past, no, passive no, in any way not at all or don't I'm speak saying. my mind. Not that's at all, not the case. you're direct. Yeah. So that's not at all what I'm saying. And, and I spend most of the day outside of the home, you know, I'm A-type, right? Definitely very direct, yep. very communicative, on yep. level 10 all day, every day. So when it comes to just kind of my personal, yeah, to the extent that, you know, I can be as even as possible and, you know, you are. lessen the drama when, when that, uh, yep. that arises. It's definitely- You're very good at that. Yeah. I'm not, I own it. I'm very <laughs> self-aware. I'm like, I am not the person like, no, 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 no. You call me when you're like ready. Like, I'm not the person that's like, oh, well, let's talk about- Oh, no. Mm-mm. I own that. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. I totally own that. Janessa's totally totally probably that. the girlfriend that her friends call when something's going, you know, that's girls do that. They always want to hit hands together. Something's going down. <laughs> you know, girls, they do that. <laughs> What's my uh, hand thing? She does oh, my yeah. hand thing. Yes. Girl, you, know, you know something is happening when the girls like start gra grabbing the air. Like, Girl, this is happening. <laughs> that's Janessa's the, Janessa the person they call when this needs to happen. Girl, he did this. Okay, do you, need me, to show up at, do you need me to show up at your house and pack your bags, okay? They are escalators, okay? <laughs> Meanwhile, it's I'm, not entirely true. It's not entirely true, but yeah, I am, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The world needs to be calm all the time. Right. You know, now maybe it does, but I do think it's a good compliment though. So I'm in no way implying that she's passive or anything like that. She's definitely the complete opposite of that, but she's just calmer yeah. than me, yeah. which is which is always helpful. Yeah. very helpful. I think the compliments show up often and uh and and they serve a purpose at those at that time yeah i think it was maybe the summer of 20 no it wasn't it was actually president's day weekend valentine's day weekend this uh, february 2015 maybe was it 2015 Mexico? 2014 yeah, it was maybe 2014 yes yes so she um had just gotten a promotion and i surprised her with um you know a trip and, and she hadn't been to Mexico, so we have to do that. All right. Um, and so we end up at uh, this resort. You know, it's five-star resort, really nice place, expecting a, a great experience. And uh, we land, uh, we arrive that day. Of course, you show up, glass of champagne, all of that. And they were, they sh you know, they show us 
kind of the grounds. We're waiting for our room to be prepared. And so we decided to meander a bit. You grab a cocktail. And we don't even get halfway through this resort. And there were these individuals who just happened to be from the Midwest. Um, and so we're ordering at one of the bars and uh, one of the gentlemen comes to talk to us and, and he, you know, he was like, oh, one, oh, one right, right as we entered the bar, we hear, oh, there's some color up in here, right? So we, you know, obviously kind of ignore the comment, continue to order our drink. And then over a, a few minutes, I mean, the a woman comes up, she's like, oh, y'all aren't gay, are y'all? And of course. That's exactly what she sounded yeah. like. Too. And I said, um, well, well, actually, yes, we are. And, uh, and she was like, oh, well, that's great what you guys are doing, you know, coming out and all of this. And um, so I found some humor in that, continued to wait for our drink to be made. And I'm stunned. Yeah. Okay. The me who's usually on 10, yeah. I am I am stunned coming from the bubble that is New York City and not having dealt with that before, like so direct and so in my face. I think I, I couldn't even get words out. I was kind of, did, did, did you just say that? Right. Did that just happen? And so the, and so, you know, the, the gentlemen end up kind of standing right in front of us and I mean, continue to just insult after insult and you know, but you guys are so pretty and, you know, if you guys want someone to, you know, videotape you in your suite, I brought my camera, you know, things that are extremely violent. And so, you know, I'm obviously, a, I brought her to what's one of the nicest resorts, um, you know, I could find. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking, okay, just stay calm. We're gonna be here for a few days. Let's get our drinks and leave. And you could see that she was, you know, obviously getting overwhelmed with emotion. So we kind of step to the side, obviously we leave our drinks and, you know, she just starts bawling. But it was after, I mean, of course, after that gentleman said, you know, you know, I have a camera and, you know, if you guys want us to videotape you in your suite, you know, of course I did say to him, I said, one, that will not be necessary, but if you ever in your fucking life, <laughs> um, you know, address me, address us in that way, we're gonna have a problem. And she's also tar towering over him because she's six feet tall. So he's also like this little yeah. piece of a man. And uh, stepped to the side and she starts sobbing in my chest. And um, she was so upset. And I, I told her, you know, let's not, you can't give him that power. Yeah. One, recognizing just kind of our positionality. We were one of few black bodies black on this no. resort. Nobody else, yeah. I said, you know, we're going to have a beautiful time this weekend. I said, we can't show them what they expect to see from us. And of course we talked to, to management and all, they were extremely apologetic, extremely apologetic. In fact, we went back to that resort a few years later. We go back every year. We go back no, to no, no, every we, year. We, yeah, we went with another couple to a different resort and so yeah. we went two years later. And they actually now have kind of signs on the oh, bars yeah. and things of that nature that, you know, this is an inclusive place for, you know, kind of, you know, LGBT people and X, Y, or Z. But, you know, we have those moments where it's probably good that there was some balance, you know, yeah. to where I could, one, diffuse the situation and control myself because I, I, I knew there would have been, been a problem if um, he'd said one more thing. Uh, the, I guess the, the challenge of being a very calm person is once you reach level 10, no bueno. Yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's no coming back from that. I've been gay for ever. 
right? Yeah. And uh, and so, unfortunately, I've experienced things like that over the past 20, 25 years. Um, but it was her first time, obviously, yeah. experiencing someone treat her or disrespect her in that way simply because she was in or she was on vacation with someone of the similar body type. Yeah, no, that was that was a rude awakening for me. Yeah. That was a rude awakening for me um, in two ways. One, just to understand that, yes, people like this really exist. It's not just things I see on the news or or read in the paper. To have someone feel like it was okay. So that your, your privilege allowed you to think that it was okay for you to address two people who are clearly very different from you in more ways than one. For you to just put your opinions out there. I would never in all of my life do that to someone. It's yeah. just not how we were raised by decent human beings. That's not how we're taught when you treat people. Um, and I, I just don't operate with that amount of privilege in my life for obvious reasons. So I would just never do that. So I think I was, as someone who was always outspoken, I was shocked to the point of silence. I was shocked that someone could do that. So, but she did. She, you absolutely right. This is the point where I allowed myself to dial back and she dialed up and was able to to sort of just calm the whole situation down and remind me that you, the ex- exact words were, it's bigger than us. Mm-hmm. We were the only black people, probably the only gay people they ever met. It it was bigger than us. And, and it just, sometimes that gets tiring, like having to yeah. carry that on the shoulders all the time. Um, and, you know, being at that point of intersectionality of, of race and sexuality, it, it's a lot. Yeah. But she reminds me all the time, it's bigger than us. It is, it is much, much bigger than us. And so we couldn't react in some really nasty way because yeah. it somehow would have been our fault. You, you 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 move through the world being forced to acknowledge the fact that the expectations of us is completely different, completely fundamentally different. different. Yes. Um, I don't, you know, wake up one day and decide, you know what, I just, I'm not going to own my positionality as a black, queer, <laughs> female, you know, walking into X, Y. It is something that we know is fact. If we are confronted with uh, a challenge or confronted with a situation that could escalate or be perceived as one that, you know, is contentious in any way, the likelihood that we are going to be looked at mm-hmm. as those who initiated as black bodies in the United States, or in this case, we're outside of the country, as those who initiated perhaps this interaction or this kind of interaction, it's high as female bodies, as, you know, and then of course, you know, as LGBT people, you know, interacting with people who obviously had no exposure with mm-hmm. with gay people. I mean, so much ignorance. Like the things that were coming out of their mouths was just shocking, you know. Shocking, but not shocking in that yeah. these are the types of things you encounter. Yeah, not the happiest experience, but it yeah. was one I think that really taught us a lot about us and yeah. as, as partners. So unfortunately, I think needed to happen because I was able to see her in a different light and, and see her just sort of, not that she didn't take care of me before, she did, but like there was very much this taking care of mm-hmm. feeling that I think I needed. I needed, that's part, for me, it's like, that's how I know it. I'm going to be okay in this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be with this person. I'm going to be okay. Like my heart is protected. I'm going to be okay. So unfortunately it happened that way, but it really did. It was a definite, I think almost like a turning point for our relationship because mm-hmm. it was, it was something I talked about for a very long time after that. Yeah. So I'm sorry it wasn't the happiest of stories, but it was, it really was something that, uh, that taught us a lot about us as a unit that needed to happen. I'm not exactly sure when I arrived at the place that this was the time to take the next step. Yep. Because we were good. I mean, we were 
we were golden, right? But it definitely was something that was, it was significant for me emotionally as someone who didn't plan on being married. And perhaps I didn't realize it until this moment. So I'd actually been looking at rings. So I've been thinking about it. You know, you, anyone who has to buy an engagement ring for, you know, their person, you're thinking about them. Like it's an emotional experience when you're even browsing. So I've been browsing and I got to the point, I, uh, a couple of um, individuals had sent me their, their jeweler. So I narrowed it down to the gentleman that I thought I was going to, to use, the jeweler I was gonna use. So the first day I went to go, and again, I browse and kind of no, no uh, you know, significant um, <laughs> response happened in those instances. But in this instance, I went to look at some diamonds. And so, you know, Blackfell, we're looking at diamonds. I leave this meeting, but this is the individual I know I'm going to buy. Um, you know, I'm going to design a ring with him. I'm going to pick, you know, a diamond from him. And so I was like, it was real. It was a moment. Head back to the office. I grab a salad, head back to my office. And something strange happened. And I don't know if they're connected. It could be, it could have been coincidence. But I walk into the, the trading floor and like everything starts to go dark and See, and I realize I'm not going to make it to my row. I'm going down, but I can't communicate my thoughts or anything. So I'm trying to get someone's attention that like, I'm going to collapse here on this floor. And, uh, you know, so I go down, it's very short. How embarrassing. They have an EMT, everyone couldn't kind of come take me <laughs> and I, they, you know, because they have the bank obviously is taking every precaution. You know, they have an ambulance come rush me to NYU. Janessa meets me there and she's like, are you okay? Yeah. You know, you know what happened? I said, I wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary. The doctor's like, have you been under any undue stress? Your job? I said, like, the job's fast paced. It's not, you know, no different than any other day. But I couldn't say to her that, yeah, I actually just went to look at diamonds today <laughs> for your engagement ring. I might've gotten a little bit overwhelmed with emotion yeah. and collapsed at my job. <laughs> and I didn't know the story until like a couple of seconds. Like I did not know that this was what happened that day. And this was last year. I didn't know that Wild. until maybe a couple weeks ago. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so um, that moment when I'm in the hospital and I'm getting like fluids or something, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm making a decision that has a, my body just had a physical response <laughs> to the thought of yeah. one, not yeah. only marrying this woman, but right. you know, like, spending that amount of money on a thing to, you know, perform this act of love and all of that. And I couldn't tell her. And so I waited until like almost the wedding day to tell her. So remember that day? Yeah, yeah. The day that I started to design your wedding ring and I, yeah, I, I the very first day that I viewed diamonds with Ron, um, I actually ended up yeah. collapsing yeah. 30 minutes after I left yes. there. If that wasn't telling that this was actually something that probably meant a lot to me, <laughs> but is it a good thing? Like, now I don't know how to take it. Like you collapse. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, again, I obviously was, <laughs> it was out of my control, you know, but um, sometimes people say when you get overwhelmed or whatever it may be, that happens. Um, and so it was significant for me, you know, yeah. to, to, to say the least. And, um, you know, I think, again, I didn't know how to model marriage, but, you know, I, I knew that she'd always dreamed of a wedding and, you know, something obviously more traditional and and uh, I figured I was just gonna do do this thing the way that I knew how right and so I've listened to her you know over the years and so I had I knew what she wanted and she'd always you know she, girls or people they often see other people's wedding ring oh my gosh did you see that ring oh my gosh 
<laughs> you know, the, yeah. the hands get going and, oh my gosh, do you see that ring? And oftentimes, no, I didn't see the ring. But I'm, I'm noting, you know, each time she expressed um, something that she enjoyed. And so, um, you know, I knew that the, for me, I was only going to do this one time. I'm only, yeah. engage, I'm, I'm only going to go through this act of engagement and purchasing a ring with one person. And I figured if, if it was going to be anybody, it was going to be her. You know, um, and this was, gosh, was this, this was just after marriage passed, right? When I started kind of really looking and, uh, I knew in this instance, growing up, I always thought, well, uh, marriage isn't going to be something that I get to do. But, uh, I knew in this instance that, no, that I might actually be able to marry someone and have rights. And, you know, when it came to kind of medical and aging and all the things that the life cycle that we might actually be able to enjoy those things as a whole kind of couple. Right. You know, so the, the marriage thing was significant for me in that way. It was something that, you know, I could I could actually tell the story of my relationship and, you know, my being in love and building a family in the same way that anybody else could, yeah. you know without being discounted, you know, in the eyes of the law, without being discounted um, and in a way that made me feel, um, you know, less than or other than. And, and don't get me wrong, there are plenty of states in this country that we're not going to move to because we could be fired for being gay or things of that nature. So there's definitely plenty of work to do. But I think uh, marriage at the federal level definitely empowered me to feel like, okay, this could be a way that I want to celebrate my love. So yeah, proposed. We did the marriage thing. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> good party. Good party. Yeah, it's been a good party so far. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I don't think there was a a moment where there was like an immediate like switch, like something happened that was different. And because if there was, I'd be concerned. The way I'm wired, like that would be like, wait, then is this really something I should be doing? If only now I'm feeling this way, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, but what was different for me is I've been engaged before. So for me, that's how I was able to see the difference. Knowing what I felt like, God, it was 10 years before I was engaged, I was quite young. Going through that process, and then going through this process, that there was a very there was a stark difference for me there, and that's when I knew, oh, okay, yeah, this is this is what it's supposed to feel like. Um, and not, no disrespect to that previous situation, it just was it was just not the right situation for me. And of course, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and all that you, you realize some of that later. Yeah. But when we got together, and the moment that ring sort of pops up, even before that, when we just started to discuss, mm -hmm. well, this is, you know, we, we know we want to get married. Like, what are we doing here, right? Though, what do you, what am I to you? Like, what, what is this going to be, <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm an adult. I'm not doing this for fun. So let's, I want to make sure we're on the same page about this. So it, was all very, it was all very organic though. Yeah, yeah, of There was never no, any no. pressure on either end. It was just, No, yeah. I was, yeah. I mean, she said, I was good. I was, we were good. We were so good. There was definitely no pressure, but did all my girlfriends have a photo of the exact ring I wanted just in case Linnea called them? Of course they did. Why would they not? Like, I need to be, make sure I'm very strategic about this in case she calls that friend or Natalie had the same photo that this one had. Like, oh, funny you ask Linnea. Right. I think this is the one she'd like. Yeah. And she'd get the same. I just, yeah. come on. Like, what are you talking about here? I'm not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> no one's fooled. Right, exactly. Yeah, come on now. But, you know, but there was no pressure. There was no pressure as it relates to that. And I all jokes aside, there really wasn't. We really were good. But when we started to discuss that we wanted to get married, um, 
it was just good to know that we were both on the same page. So for me, I think the difference was just understanding the difference in me between that first situation and this situation and realizing, oh wait, I actually want to do this. Which was not exactly the case before where I sort of knew like this is, I was doing this for the wrong reasons. I was 10 years ago, I was more focused on, on the wedding. And I've had very honest conversations with my girlfriends about this. Like that's what it was. I was focused on the day. Mm-hmm. I was not focused on the day after and the lifetime to come mm-hmm. at all. I was focused on my pretty dress and the music and the venue and the flowers and the cake. That is what I cared about in that moment and did not really think much about, no, 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 but like, it's not about the wedding, it's about the marriage. I didn't understand that at all 10 years ago, at all. And it would have been a bad situation for me and for him, it would just would have been all bad. So I think it was just best for, for everyone involved. So now fast forward when this happens, I realize, oh no, like this is about a partnership for me. And I actually understand what that means. And it's not just about July 21st, it's about every day that's to come after that and this life that mm-hmm. we're working on together. And mm-hmm. that's when I, even the fact that I could articulate that that way to myself was yeah. like, oh, you're you're changed. Yeah. You're a different human being. So that was more the light switch for me that this was a period of my life where I could do that right. and have that much of a mature response to it than, than I did 10 years ago. I so mean, that was more the change. Timing is everything. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think that if we 100%. met 10, min- 10 years ago, we wouldn't have known, you know, yeah. how to be good to one another. Our priorities would have been different. Yeah. And, you know, the maturity she's talking about, you know, kind of establishing over that time. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't have had it 10 years ago. Um, and so you kind of, at this point, you know what you want, you know what you don't want. Yep. You know, we've all kind of had those very, very long-term relationships or engagements, things of that nature. And so there was the a certain degree of readiness, right? To actually put in the work and, um, show up for a relationship in a way that's positive, right? Because mm-hmm. um, half of a relationship is showing up, any relationship, work, family, you know, and like actually being present and then finding someone that you just rock hard body with all day, oh, every God. day. It feels great. You inspire one another, you push one another. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely was. She talks about this experience she had previously and her friends, you know, they've, they've, obviously offline spoke with me as well and they've always said it's just so different with you it's so different with you and uh they also did say she had a list which makes sense because it's Janessa we're talking about so she had a list a very long list and um you know the guy the job but it was a very very long list very detailed detailed list and apparently I guess i scored yes. the highest on that list. Yeah. Um, to give you an yeah. example, one of the things on the list has always been, I can't <laughs> marry someone whose last name isn't between A and K because I want my kids to sit, if they have to sit in alpha order, I want them to sit towards the front of the room. Cause that's not weird, but that was on my list since I was about 17 years old. Oh my gosh. To just give you an idea of what was on this list. <laughs> just I just guess, so we're yeah. all clear. Exactly. And I, I was hoping that and the I things that I- between A and K, I'm just pointing right. that out though. I'm just pointing that out. Wow, that's pointing that out. I'm sitting here thinking I have dimension, right? She like, you know, I stack up on the list and all these other dynamic ways, but my last name gets me there too. I guess that's fantastic. Yeah, well. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel anything's changed since being married? (sighs) Other than being able to say your wife when you talk about me now? (laughs) (sighs) Ah. I mean, I think when I wake up each morning, it it definitely feels more significant, right? If you are having a point of disconnection or, you know, 
a tiff or something of that nature, you definitely, I mean, again, I was committed before the wedding, um, but you definitely want to make sure that you handle it right away. You know, that you, you know, yeah. you, I think I'm, I'm much more kind of responsive, communicative, all the things that I know that I need to do on my end because we are married. Um, so, and again, we don't, we don't fight often. Um, and so when we do, it's sometimes it's a little unsettling because we don't, we're not good at practicing <laughs> fighting. I know some people who, I mean, a couple friends of ours, they fight all the time and they're great at making up because they fight all the time. So <laughs> <laughs> we don't fight very often. So for us, it's like, well, wait, we need to make sure we have the tools to handle this, you know? And so one way we, you know, I think post-marriage, you know, when you have those moments, um, that are challenging, I think I'm much more proactive in making sure that those moments don't last long. And that's I, that's the only difference, I think, uh, yeah. you know, now now post, post-marriage. Um, again, no, okay. thank you, baby. Yeah, I think that, you know, before being married, we definitely tended to one another and attempted to live by those words, be good to one another. But after the wedding, I just take some things a lot more seriously just because it's like, hey, We've committed to this. We've signed on the dotted line. It's literally one team, one dream. Yeah. So we, I think that's the only thing that's changed. But other than that, we lived together beforehand. I think there's a lot more, not pressure, but optimism around children um, post-marriage. I think everyone's now a lot more ready for that. Uh, you know, the grandmothers are ready mm -hmm. and the aunts and uncles are, you know, everyone has a an ask about when when they think that's going to happen. But uh, no, other than that, it feels the same. For me, I think I feel like it's sort of similar. I feel a, a higher sort of sense of responsibility mm -hmm. as a married couple, if that makes sense. Um, I, there's something about that piece of paper that in that moment, like our relationship in of itself, I don't think has changed as much, but uh, definitely a, a higher a higher sense of responsibility of just being just much more aware of, of how we are handling things and how I even how we speak to each mm -hmm. other. Uh, and how we handle things just as a couple, for, for sure for me. But then another thing that's just changed for us is, and, and this was something that I had to deal with throughout our relationship, was that I was pretty estranged from my family mm -hmm. for some time. Because as I said to you, I, I you know, dated good guys, right? I dated guys my entire life, and that's what people knew, and there was the plan, right? There was the married man, the job, the house, and the kids, and the whole thing. And I come from a uh, very sort of traditional, religious, West Indian family. Mm -hmm. Um, and but we're a very small family. So my mom is my rock and my everything, and raised by a single mom. But her, she, because we come from a small family, she has three siblings, and they all have you know one or two children each. So like our family is quite small, and so we've all been close for some time. And in you know sort of the fall of 2013, when I uh, wanted to tell them about Linnea and about this relationship, it wasn't a, a, a positive response from the vast majority. And so one thing that has changed since the wedding, and a lot of that I have to give full credit to Linnea because of because of the very strong family unit that she comes from, and, and because she's gone through this before me, right? I'm doing this in 2013. She was what, 18, 19, freshman in college, like, so mom, I have something to talk to you about. So she's, as you always say, your family's had like 19, 20 years to come to terms with this. Mine did not, right? We're talking about year four right now. And I expected everyone, to her point, I expected everyone to get it right now and react the way I would react. Why, why would you not be just 
accepting and loving and because that's not how my family was taught and we are traditionally very religious so uh you know talking to my aunt who's my mom's closest my, my closest aunt who's my mom's sister we haven't spoken until this year and a lot of that is because Linnea would every year and not even just every year like every few months she said you just got to give it time this, my family didn't just happen with my family. Like you have to give it time and you have to keep trying and you have to be the one to do the outreach. And sometimes I didn't want to do that, mm -hmm. if I'm being honest. And I just, I, sometimes I want you to just be okay and know that she's a good human being and just want to hang out with us like you wanted to hang out with me and any and person X, you know, a number of years ago. So that was a really tough situation for me. Really, really, really tough, but I, I because I, I looked at my family differently. I wanted my mom to stand up for me more. And you know, there was just all this really interesting family dynamic. But because of this year, Linnea, like being the person she is, like we have to keep reaching out, we have to keep trying. And I'm now closer with them than I've been in, in a number of years, which I did not see coming. So that is a difference, not necessarily for our relationship, but it, it is a bit because I can now include my family more and say her name on the family chat and send a photo of us, like saying Happy New Year, a photo of the two of us and not just me. Because having to sort of hide that side of your relationship, like that's, mm -hmm. that's a lot. That is a lot. And I, I think I didn't realize how much pressure it was putting on me until I now realized like, oh no, now we're all okay. Like not perfect, but okay. Like mm -hmm. I can say her name. We can, we can not pretend that this is my friend and this is my roommate. Like what year is this? We're not, we're not gonna do that. And I think it's, it's, I mean, she's right. Um, I was more optimistic only because my family has had time. Um, and obviously her mom was had the positive, the right response when she, you know, spoke to her mom, uh, you know, about me for the first time. But when she, you know, comes to LA and, you know, she sees the Irvin clan and my family and she's like, they just love on you. And yeah. it's a big family. And, you know, I explained to her that They've had a lot of time. They've had a lot of time. And, uh, you know, if it's 15 years, whatever it may be, and there, there might have been uncles or individuals beforehand who either just didn't get it or definitely wouldn't kind of want to talk about anything of that nature. And I came out to my mother, she cried, and what did I do wrong? And, you know, all of these things. But, yeah, I, I, I'll never forget. She used to call me every single day, and this is back when, you know, we had voice, what are the answer machines? <laughs> <laughs> what are those things called? And so, uh, so she'd call and leave her voicemail every like clockwork. And uh, after I'd come out, she didn't call me for a month. I, I, I can recall. I happened to be sitting on a panel at that time, and um, so this is it was undergrad. Years, yeah, yeah. So this is a long time ago. You know, um, eighteen years ago, seventeen or whatever. And um, I'm here to age myself. <laughs> anyway, so. So I'm sitting on this panel and I'm sitting here, you know, kind of talking about, you know, LGBT something or coming out. And I, in that moment, I realized I was like, my mom might not ever call me again. Because it had been a month. And this is someone who'd called me every day, you know, for years. And then she came around and, you know, she would, she'd watch like New York Undercover. And she was like, G had a gay friend. <laughs> or have you ever seen that show Queer as Folk? You know, things like that. <laughs> That's how they try to connect. <laughs> my mom talks to me about Rachel Maddow all the time, and it's like, I get it, I yeah. get it. It's not what's so, thing. I'll take it. Yeah, she found like a way. Yeah, she found a way to cope <laughs> um, and uh, you know come around. But uh, yeah, so you know, she sees my family after many years, yeah. and you know, so I, I I told her during that time. I said, 
takes time for people to evolve, you know? Um, I said, and, and us, just being us, kind of naturalized the act that our relationship's no different than anyone else's. You know, our love for one another is no less significant. And, uh, you know, so we spent time and, you know, established relationship. We still spend time with her cousin and her uncle was always lovely to us. And her uncle's wife, you know, they, they always send me, they've always sent me text messages and emails um, offline, separate from Janessa, just to, to, because I saw how happy she was. But yeah, it was great to see them turn the corner before we got married so that the wedding was just, one big celebration of all things good, yeah. right? Because I wasn't inviting anybody. That was the I, invitation that had already gone out. No. And then she had one final talk with me. She said, listen, wait, this wedding is was less than a month away. Mm -hmm. You have to invite Rob. Like you, like you, you need to extend. And I, no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's not going to happen. I only want, we were very clear at our wedding. We only want to be surrounded by love, that room. And we were married, standing in the center in a circle. We wanted to be physically surrounded and literally surrounded by the people that love us. That's why we even constructed the room that way. Yeah. So I said, I'm not gonna have any energy in this space that's not about this mm -hmm. as a unit. Mm -hmm. I don't, you can't just be about me. You can't just be about her. If you're not about this, mm -hmm. we don't need you here. Thank you, but no thank you. Right. And I was very clear, she right. was very clear on that. Yeah. And so I w wasn't inviting. I had maybe a handful of family members that were invited mm -hmm. and we had a discussion and I said she was right and I, put my pride aside and I wrote a little handwritten note. I was like, I'd love to be able to start over. Like, we'd love to have you there. Didn't, don't know what I expected, but I, for once said, let me just try it. But this is after she'd come around. So this is after, yeah, yes. you know, this is after she'd come, come around yes. and had actually met me at and that point. And interacted with her. And, um, yeah. and interacted with me. And obviously, you know, with Janessa's mother, she, you know, said really positive things about me and our relationship, but for years, Obviously, they didn't speak. She also didn't have any interest in meeting me, mm -hmm. um, so she never. Sure. She wasn't able to witness, you know, um, our relationship or, you know, kind of, you know, how we engage one another, you know, in a way that would lead her to believe that what Janessa was doing wasn't anything that was, you know, disruptive to her kind of being or her, huh? you know, path in life. Uh, and we had an opportunity to meet at another family event actually it was her aunt's daughter's wedding and we sat next to each other at the dinner table and we talked and um obviously i danced with the family and things of that nature and of course i didn't know what it meant you know i was like this is a booby trap <laughs> i don't know where this is going but um no it was it was a good positive experience and and again, that, that's where we were able to establish some type of bridging capital to where she was like, you know what, Lene is nice or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what she might have shared with her mother, but she shared some really positive things and, and uh, she just was more interested in the wedding and all of these things after yep. us having spent a couple of hours together. Sometimes that's all it takes, you yeah. know? Just, you know, humanness. It's kind of hard to deny when you actually are in, in the same space with someone, so. Yeah, but I was very much prepared to have no one there, if I'm being honest. And that may sound a little cold, well, but I just, I her uncle. Home, of course, like the handful that I mentioned, yeah. but, um, and that was hard. That was really, that's really hard. I know that's something a lot of LGBTQ couples deal with and mm -hmm. families not being supportive. And mm -hmm. I mean, in the work that we both do, we know like the numbers when you talk about LGBT people of color and homelessness and all these, I mean, like it's real, it's very real. So I, I sort of just 
resign myself to, okay, well, I guess this is this is what it's gonna be and Linnea's gonna have this much family and I'm gonna have this much family and it wasn't gonna stop us from getting married. I was, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, I was like, I still, this unit still needs to be strong and we're still gonna forge ahead, but it, it's so much nicer when it does work out. Yeah. And it's not perfect now, like, let's be very clear, it is definitely not, um, but I'm gonna take her advice and, because when she tells that story about her mom, I can't even imagine her mother not talking to her. If you ever see these human beings together, <laughs> I have never seen people more obsessed with each other. I, I have never, and it's so beautiful to watch. Mm -hmm. It is so beautiful when we will be in LA soon for Thanksgiving and it's gonna be lovely. I can't imagine a moment in time ever where her mother didn't speak to her because I think it would break her mother's heart. I cannot imagine. She is the most important human being to this woman. Like I can't even tell you, and you, you're around her mother, the way she lights up when she walks in, her and her brother, because yeah. the two of them are actually very similar. Yeah. Her and her brother like the same human being in a very odd way, and they're very close. And the way her mother lights up when she's around her kids, I cannot imagine a time where she didn't talk to her. So I can imagine that that month, mm -hmm. as hard as it was for you, mm -hmm. was probably breaking her mother's heart. Mm -hmm. Sorry, breaking her heart. So th I can't even see that time, because again, it was 20 years ago, right. so I don't know the growing pains. Mm -hmm. I just know right now what I see is what I want our kids to be growing to be growing up in, like that family unit and the love. So while marriage may not have been a concept that either of us really were around much as kids, love always was. Yeah. So if nothing else, our kids are going to be around that. Tons of it, and I'm so yeah. okay with that. What does the future look like? Babies, at some point. Um, when we don't know, because obviously our process is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more planning we involved. We can't just and slip and fall into a baby. Whoops, guess what? I'm pregnant. Yeah. Surprise! And have a lot of explaining to do. That's not how that would work. Yeah, that no, would yeah. not how that would work. Um, but we do. We we know we want to have kids. But right now, we I mean, we just love being just married and living life. Like yeah. we love being able to travel when we want to travel. We love hanging out with our friends. We love mm -hmm. eating out at great restaurants in New York City. Like right now, that is that is what we love to do. And we, we told ourselves like next year we'll really start the process of you know thinking about kids and finding doc researching doctors. And we have a lot of great friends who've gone through similar processes who have a ton of referrals for us. So we'll start to do that. But I just don't want to be one of those couple that like feel like we have to check a box to do things. Like that's oh. not how we've ever lived our lives. We just want to live our lives. We right. just want to enjoy each other. And, and do what we love to do. And that, that means dancing around this living room after you guys leave, and that's what it's gonna be. It's probably gonna happen. That's probably what's yeah. gonna happen. Um, but, I, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I don't feel the need to to march to anybody else's drum. Like, we just we just do the LJ way. We just do what we wanna do, yeah. so, yeah. But the, the beauty of that is that it's always forward-looking, right? Yeah. I'm never one to have a plan. But I'm always one to have a plan if that makes any sense. So, I, you know, not something that's scripted or you know that has been you know kind of planned. Uh, you know, you know from one year uh, to the next. But one thing I love about Janessa and I'm excited about is uh, I know that uh, not only will we have family, but we're going to build something great together. Yeah. You know, 50 years from now, 40 years from now, we're going to look back and know that we've achieved more than anybody ever expected of us because no one expected anything right. um, and uh, you know loved more and left the world better than you know it was when we stepped into any space and I think that just goes back to us loving on one another and doing it together wherever we are um, but there's no no formula no 
It won't be easy. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. Team is here. <laughs>